On this Build Tune Race podcast, I talk to Lyle Barnett. We talk all things drag reel racing and what it's taken for them to set the Leaf Spring World Record, as well as safety. Lyle was in a very unfortunate accident a few years ago, and he's learned a lot from it and talks about the whole accident here on this podcast. So please remember to be safe. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. So uh, what are you guys doing with the, right now with the car and stuff? What's the next race? What's the plans? Well, uh, we, uh, we had some lifter failure in Georgia. So we came back to the shop, uh, motor came back out, had to fix what, what little bit of damage it did. Um, me and the guys at the shop put it back together. Um, we've maxed out the, the billet atomizer 800s. Um, and you know, we were duty cycle was way up. Uh, Pete said, you know, man, we've got to, we've got to make a change. We've got to get some more fuel in this thing so jack french uh big thanks to him at billet atomizer uh hooked us up with a another set of injectors so we got a dual set on there now and uh just got all that plumbed and wired in this week um got it running uh stuck it on the dyno today that's why i'm i'm late i'm i wasn't expecting to be driving home this late but we spent uh, the last half of the afternoon and into the night on the dyno getting those things dialed in and and working good and uh we planned ahead to galat uh this weekend for the first stop of the carolina no time uh small tire series lance stanford and travis harvey have have put this deal together for the past couple of years uh really cool you know a clocks off no time deal so we planned ahead there uh tomorrow dad and i'll head out get set up, maybe make a few shakedowns tomorrow night, races Saturday, weather permitting, um, and that's going to be our next stop. So we're pumped up, excited to get kind of our a new setup to us going and then get ready to try to knock Shane Stack out in the LDR series this year. He's been pretty dominant. Uh, started out the year hot and won in Georgia, but I got a set of leaf springs. I'm ready to run slam up in him, so we'll see how it works out. <laughs> That's the thing. You guys definitely have more grudge racing uh, back east. It seems like a lot of a lot of grudge racing, a lot of uh, personal matchups and stuff back there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say, and some of uh, like Six Mile Randy from up there in Chicago stuff may may disagree, but I would say the Southeast uh, has some of the the hottest grudge game there is out there right now. Um, you know, it is, it's everywhere. I mean, I can be, you know, living in the, the greater Charlotte area. I can go to a grudge race any weekend within, you know, two to three hours. And I mean, there might be more than one. I would have to pick and choose. So it's definitely hot here. Um, the no time stuff is big. It's cool. You know, it's the only, the only downside or, you know, thing that, that I kind of don't like about it, if there's anything to dislike is that, you know, if, racing at Darlington, which is a big sponsor of mine, and I'd, I'd like to thank them. Um, you know, theirs, I think, is arguably the best radio track uh, in existence, at least in the States. And uh, we go there for a lot of no-time stuff, run a lot of personal best, and, you know, you can't really claim it. Um, <laughs> right. You know, because, you know, the no-time deal, you know, you're not is supposed to be no-time, and that's just kind of the way it works. But, um the no time deal's fun, you know. It's uh, it's it's kind of a gamble, you know. Kind of feel like you're at some casino in Vegas or something, you know. You roll up there and 
walk up to a driver's meet and you draw a chip. Um, you know, if, if you're, if say you were on a qualifying ladder, uh, you might, you might draw as a number one qualifier, you might draw the number two qualifier first round, you know, it's just luck of the draw. You just never know who you're going to get. And, um, the tough part around here is, you know, we've got some of the fastest, if not the fastest guys on radials around us. You know, Ziff Hudson is, is local, one of the fastest on 275s. Um, you know, Barry Mitchell was local. Uh, Bumblebee is here. You know, our car is, is, is running pretty good and up front. Jason Digby's dark. Um, so a lot of the fastest radial guys are local. Um, so, you know, we don't just, we're not cherry picking when we go to the racetrack here, you know, there's, I'm not knocking anybody anywhere else, but there's some fast guys out there that can go to their local racetrack and just, you know, take candy from babies. But, uh, around here, you don't do that. Um, you know, you got to come with your A game if you're going to run any radial stuff in, in the Southeast and which I think makes us good. You know, I think it, it makes us better racers. It makes a better tuner um us a better team you know you, you don't just come and lackadaisically roll into the racetrack you know and, and go out there and click them off and win races you got to run fast and you know and this weekend's the same the same way you know we won't go to galat and enter the no time 28 275 and just roll them up you know we're gonna have to go bottom of our best or our best to run up front um and i think I think we benefit from that, but it makes it tough. You know, you really have to lean on your equipment to do that. And uh, I think that, but I think in the long run, it makes us better racing. Sure. Absolutely, man. That's, that's what it's about. If you, the, the more fast people you have around you always pushes you to be, be faster, I guess. And you learn from them or you drives you harder to push further to leverage on the parts a little bit more and try to do what you can do to be ahead of them for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely kind of makes you innovative. Um, you know, you, you're having to find little little tweaks and quirks and, and stuff here and there to to make your combination a little bit faster. And, you know, and then you got to try to hide it. And, you know, I mean, it, it does make it fun. Um, you know, you don't, uh, you don't want to give away. I guess it's a little easier to hide secrets in this deal because we're primarily, you know, computer controlled. So, you've got sure. any little deals you've got any little deals worked out or or whatever going on you know it's it's uh makes it fun but you know i i've got you know in in my mind and and i think there are several that would that would agree i've got one of the best teams out there you know we're uh uh pete harrell is you know i think if not the best one of the best turbo tuners you know efi tuners out there and a damn good engine builder um you know he builds builds nice stuff great on the great on the keyboard when it comes to tuning um you know and at which it it's it's spoken for itself you know brad edwards was the first of the threes uh several years ago and um you know we were we hold the lee spring world record uh mark rogers with his ultra street car had the had the turbo record uh for a, a little while tony Ohm edged him out a, a touch earlier this year um, so, you know, that part of, part of our program is, is second to none. And then, uh, Eric Yost owns, uh, customs by Biggin here in Mooresville. He, uh, just unbelievable chassis work, uh, chassis set up, you know, our, I, 
I depend, we depend on him, you know, wholeheartedly and completely when it comes to that stuff. He's uh, just awesome at what he does. You know, he's a, a small shop, uh, Biggins, or Eric Yost, Biggins shop, and Pete Shopper within about 100 yards of each other. And, um, you know, we go to lunch with each other every day, and uh, he's just really good at what he does. Um, you know, just awesome chassis setup. It's, it's, he's, he's spent a lot of time figuring it out, research it. You know, he's he's got a, a good handle on setup itself. Um, so, you know, and Jason Digby, you know, I don't, you know, nobody could ever say enough about him. He's, uh, he's, he's given us just free reign. You know, we, we've got his car and all of his equipment and a large part of his checkbook, um, <laughs> you know, and he, and he depends on us and, and puts a lot of faith in us. And, uh, you know, we do what we can. We try to try to make him proud. So, uh, I think he's, I think we've, we've done pretty good. Um, and obviously so, cause he, he hasn't came and, and repoed his race car yet. And he's uh, my name's still on the, still on the, on the windows of the passenger and driver door. So I think we've, uh, I just, I'm can't say enough about the guys at the shop, Gabe, Tommy, uh, Brubaker and, and, and our new guy, Jesse, you know, they, they work hard every day. And when we tear shit up, you know, and bring it in the shop, they, they they don't mind staying after to, to get it done. So, you know, that I, did, I can't say enough. My dad, you know, he, uh, he's the one that got me started in this. You know, a lot of people don't know dad drag race back in the late eighties and early nineties. And when I came along, he stepped out and I was actually going to drive late models, you know, roundy round. And, uh, he said, well, what, you know, what do you think about drag racing? That's what he's comfortable with, what he knows. And I was down for whatever, if it meant going fast. So sure, we bought, absolutely. A, we, bought a, we bought a 7.0 index car and it's been on like Donkey Kong from there. <laughs> yeah, man. So I guess let's, I got a few questions, but we'll go over those here in a little bit too. But, uh, if you kind of go back to the beginning of all that, then what's kind of your background in racing and what's, what have you done then starting there or just uh, in cars in general? I mean, apparently you've grown up with it, but yeah, I grew up on, you know, with a little dirt bike and a four wheeler, um, flirted around with some, you know, race, not really race, but messing around with some motocross stuff and just didn't quite have the cojones to do it when it came to, to jumping those things and, you know, all this all this jazz. So, uh, one of my good friends from home, Clint, he, uh, got into late model racing. That's what his dad did. And I wanted to follow his footsteps. So we started looking around and, you know, dad, we've never no history in my family whatsoever around around racing. Um, so we got into drag racing, uh, ran a seven Oh index car, won my first race that first year in the PTRA, the Pro Tree Racers Association out of here out of North Carolina. Tony Brown runs it. Um, went from 7.0 to 6.0 and ran 6.0 for just a little bit and went to X275. Back when X275 was running 530s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, built a big block nitrous car, um, a third gen Camaro, ugly as hammered sin. Um, ran, ran that for a little bit. When we got, we started running, you know, mid fives and they were running five thirties. When we started running five thirties, they ran five teens 
when we got to the teens, they were in the O's. Then it got to 490, and it was like a damn, like you dropped it out of an airplane, you know, 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s. But uh, I ran X275 for a while in my own car. And then uh, Tommy Kirk, that owns MacFab, built a, you know, built the Blue Goose. Um, I drove it. Uh, drove a little bit of everything here and there. You know, we were in between combinations, figuring out what we were going to do. Uh, Tommy Kirk just gave his car up, said, here, you know, go race it. We all raced together. Um, and then uh, my dad and, and Chad Branson, who is known for driving that, uh, the Dart, 60, late 60s or early 70s Dart, had the airplane theme wrap, P101 down the side, single turbo deal. Okay. Um, my dad and Chad went in together and bought the Corvette from, uh, from Barry Mitchell. Uh, we finished it, put it together. Eric Yost, Customs by Biggin, did all the fab work. Uh, Pete uh, did the motor. It was a Brad 6 that Pete Harrell, HED, did. Um, you know, we got that deal together. Really cool car, you know, and uh, obviously, you know, about eight months into that deal, I uh, had, the, had the bad crash there and fire at SGMP. Um, and unfortunately, man, we lost it all. You know, it uh, the chassis was junk. Um, motor and, you know, drivetrain, you know, motor, everything was good. But, uh, you know, lost my, my dream, my radio versus the world car. Uh, we lost. So, you know, that was, uh, was a tough deal for all of us. Um, losing that car, you know, the, and then the, the fire and an extensive stay in the burn unit and everything that transpired from that. Uh, you know, it was tough, you know, I, for a while, I wasn't too worried about the race car, you know, ah, we lost the race car, but I'm still here, you know, that's, that's all fine and well, but, you know, you get back, get home, get to kind of analyzing what's going on, and, man, it's tough, that, that car is at my shop, I see it pretty often, you know, and tough to see that thing back there burn up like that, and, and knowing, knowing now what the, the potential that it had, and, just tough man you know it's tough deal to tough deal to go through yeah for sure i mean because you guys only had that car out what once before that event well we had it had been together and running about eight months but just figuring out a brand new you know i mean we built that thing from or put it together from a bare chassis to a running radio versus the world car so with injector change it just we, you know, different stuff going on. Didn't didn't really get it sorted out until yeah, like the month before. I went to local track Piedmont Dragway in in Greensboro, and uh, just kind of pecking with it. You know, just trying to figure it out. And actually went to the finals, uh, the first real race we had it out with. And you know, like I'd said before, we had a lot of confidence in it. Man, it was really yeah. really making strides in the right direction. Still not perfect, but. You know, we felt like we had something to work with, something we'd go to Georgia, really figure out what it's got and figure out what changes we need to make to get, you know, into the three-second zone. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it uh, it dropped an injector and had the 16 injector set up, and uh, it dropped one. Number eight went dead lean, and that was it, man. You know, it uh, burned out of the back of the – burnt between the head and the block. Uh, set it on fire just really the worst case scenario deal 
you know, with six fifty pounds of boost, alcohol and oil, it uh turned it into a blowtorch, you know, and unfortunately the you know, I got the block there at the shop and it just perfect angled it right towards the driver's compartment. Jeez. You know, and just man, it just you just it was just the worst, the perfect storm if you know, when it comes to just I mean, you couldn't have it couldn't have been any worse. Um but you know, it's uh, unfortunately for the for the drag racing world. I think racing in in general, you're we're all a a pretty reactive group instead of a proactive group. You know, it it. Sure. Well, I, th- I think there's been a lot learned from my crash. Um, but man, you just hate you know, you hate that it takes something like that to to open the eyes of those around you and your fellow competitors. You know, that, that's just not the way it should be. But I think. When it comes to to things like this, that's that's just kind of what it takes, you know. I mean, they didn't start wearing full faced and good helmets in football until somebody got their gourd knocked off, you know. So, I mean, that's sure. just kind of that's just kind of the way it works. I mean, you know, unfortunate, you know, for for myself, for our team, you know, everybody that had to to live through that and deal with it. But, you know, we have uh, we've came back pretty strong. So, I'm you know. It sucks, you know. I'm still, still don't have any eyebrows or anything, but you know, we'll we'll be all right without them. I, I swim faster, <laughs> right? Weight reduction at that point. No, man, that's it's pretty incredible what you've what you've went through and then turn around and got right back in a car, uh, right? Of, of any caliber, but of a pretty pretty significant caliber. I mean, how fast have you guys been with the with the dart? Yeah, so we, uh, I didn't really know. You know, that that was a, a common question, even in the unit, in the burn unit, you know, like, what do you think? You know, you're going to get back in. And at that time, I didn't know, you know, it was still a pretty, was at the forefront of my mind and a tragic deal, you know, and I didn't know. And I got home and kind of started easing around the shop a little more. And then I went to South Georgia, you know, in February after my wreck, which was, you know, less than six months. And I knew then there, you know, I was like, even if I just get back in one and come back here and make a rip, if I'm, if I don't want any more of it, then that's fine. You know, and dad was, dad was like, dude, whatever you want to do, you know, I don't, if you're done, we can keep going and helping. If you're done, done, well, we're done, whatever. So I, uh, I got back, I ran a little bracket, a little, like a 650, bracket truck earlier in the summer. Um, and then in the fall of that year, uh, you know, I, in talking with Jason, I wanted to, I wanted to go fast again, you know, and sure. I, I think he would, it was, it was more of a, of a pleasure to him to know that I wanted to do it in his car than anything else. And, uh, so I climbed in that thing and went to Darlington, uh, Jimmy Bradshaw and the house that Russell Miller built, uh, Dana and Dee Dee and all those guys there, Rhett and, and Tyler, um, you know, they had the track ready, and I was one of very few at the track, and I climbed right back in and was just as comfortable as I'd ever been. You know, I mean, a little nervous going there, a little nervous getting in, but when you hit the starter button on that thing and and, and put a little heat in the tires, you know, there there's nothing like it, and, and I knew I was I was good. You know, I was okay, and we actually went the fastest that, that day than the car had ever been, which was in the 440s. Uh, and then we, it got cold. We shut down for the year. 
uh, made a few changes to the car. Um, we went. I called. I called Jimmy Bradshaw at Darlington on the way. We we needed. We were going to Bradenton, and I said, Jimmy, I'm leaving my shop in a couple hours. Take me two to get there. You got about five hours. Can you get the track ready? Yeah, man, I got you. You know, so <laughs> he gets on the tractor, starts spraying the dog shit out of it, scraping it, fucking dragging it. You know, and and uh, I get there. I'm the only car there. Wow. So un- unload tracks ready. We go out there and unofficially break break the leaf spring world record. Uh, it went a 31 that day. Uh, we went on wow. down to Bra- went on down to Bradenton. Um, officially set it. You know, went into the 20s. Uh, and then we went to South Georgia. Um, officially set the actual leaf spring world record. We went 424, and uh, then ended up, you know, winning that deal. And you know, I I don't. I don't know that you could have written the story any better. Um, sure. You know, a, a very emotional deal for all of us. You know, I uh, to qualify number one, set the world record, and then go down there and win at the track that I nearly lost my life at. You know, was was huge. Um, you know, they. I'll never forget it. You know, that I, not to win one of Donald Long's races is in the radio world is it like, that's what everybody strives to do, but to do it, the timing, you know, to be my first race back there to set the record, to qualify number, you know, I mean, you just, you just couldn't have read it any better. And, um, you know, it was, it was just a, it was just a cool deal. Um, I, again, you know, I can't thank everybody that's involved enough. Um, they made, they made that pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you when you were going through all that with your accident and everything, that the amount of people that got behind you and were just posts and updates and just everybody is right. pretty pretty awesome to see for the sport. Just everybody try to to get together and support you. And yeah, man, we uh we had it was instant uh, the support and help that that you know my family and myself received. Uh, there were stickers on cars, Tommy Kurt. Um, got stickers made. There were stickers on cars the next day at after I wrecked at South right. Georgia. Um, you know that the the GoFundMe account was just booming. Um, I had just I had the most visitors and the most mail sent there to that burn unit, with the exception of the drummer Travis Barker. Um, you know, I'm sure some some people know who he is. Um, yeah. That that they had ever seen. Um, the most visitors by far, like, I mean, they were, there were people that came to the burn unit more than one time and never got to come back and see me because, you know, visiting hours were very slim there. They, my family had like just a few hours a day, um, you know, and there were many times people came and never got to see me. And then there were uh, lots that came and did get to come back. But um, dude, the support, the racing community as a whole, it, they're they're second to none. Um, you know, I'll try not to say any names because I'll miss somebody who probably did more than others or whatever. You know, not that you can gauge support in in that sure. when it comes to to a to a situation like that. But um, y- y- you know, a uh, guy that one of uh, Dwayne Mills' crew members off racing not long ago, house caught on fire, burned it to the ground, lost everything he had. Um, and 
before he got home, there were people from the racing community sending supplies, money, clothing, furniture, you know, and it, that just, the racing community is, is just one big family. You know, there's lots of rivalries. There's lots of, you know, shit talking here and there and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, if you need something, you know, if you're if you're in, in a pinch or in a time of need, the racing community is a good place to be because it is just unbelievable the amount of support that they provided for me and my family through our deal. You know, my dad posted over 200 updates, I think, well over 100, I know, uh, between my crash and when he quit posting updates. And there were thousands of shares, thousands of comments, you know, just, man, it's just unbelievable how tight-knit the racing community really is. We're spread out all over the world, but when it comes down to it, you know, there's I just don't think there's anything like it. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. You, that's what a what a deal you had to go through. But it's, I mean, so how long, how long were you in? I guess from kind of your recovery, how long did that all take? I read I read an article today, but for the people that don't know and right, stuff so like that. so I crashed on September the twenty fourth of two thousand fifteen. Uh, was airlifted later that night to the burn center in a JMS burn center at the doctor's hospital in Augusta, Georgia. Um, I spent 40 November 1st is when I, when I got in the motor home and went home. So 40 some days and the majority of that all, but like five day, five to seven days, somewhere in there was spent in ICU. Um, golly, man, I can't remember how many graphing surgeries and, um, only, I was only burnt like 15%, but it was my hands, my feet and my face. Uh, but the, you know, the worst part was my lungs. It burnt my lungs up pretty good. I, I was, uh, I inhaled a lot of that during the crash. And so that's what I struggled with the most. Um, and what, what ultimately nearly, nearly took my life was, was the burns to my, to my lungs. So, you know, that, that, the, that part of the recovery in the hospital is tough, but, the real, the real struggle comes when you go home. You know, you don't have that, that doctor with the IV where you, you know, you're feeling some significant pain. They can, you know, give you a little something and, and help you out. You know, when you get home is when, is when the real struggle starts. And it was, it was a, a full year. I mean, it takes, it takes a full year to, and you, you know, you, you fully recover, but you never go back to, to what you were before when you have burns like that you know it's just you lose mobility um i lost the half of half of my tear ducts in in the sense that they don't drain they run down my face um so I, i'll deal with that for you know unfortunately for life but better than the alternative of, of having no tears at all but um you know you you deal i mean it's very rigorous um physical therapy you know i went for four months to the local place which those people are angels in my mind. Um, they, you know, did just an unbelievable job uh, getting me back to normal. But just as just as important as your physical therapy there is your physical therapy at home. Um, you know, and I had uh, had a total of three nurses uh, that that took care of me at home. So, you know, it's a full year to fully recover from something like that. Just no matter which way you look at it. Um, and then laser treatments start and, you know, I'm, 
a little over right at two and a half years from the accident. And I've still got some recon, some plastic surgery to be done on my hands uh, here in the near future. So it's just, man, they're tough. You know, the, the burns are just the worst injury that the human body can endure uh, to recover from, you know, and it's, it's, it's been tough, but I think I've, I've, I've handled it pretty well and I've had a pretty easy road when it comes to that stuff. I've got good friends, Wayne Hawkins, uh, Keith out of Florida that I talk with pretty often, you know, and they had more of a more large joint burns that, you know, and their recovery was a lot, a good bit tougher than, than what I dealt with, you know, and not calling them old men, but I was 24, 24 years old when I got in my crash. Um, you know, both of those were well into their forties or, or fifties. And, you know, so my, my, my age and, and, and being in good health helped a lot. So, um, you know, the, the recovery itself was pretty tough, you know, and, and, and it continues to be tough, but, but, um, you know, blessed, definitely blessed, you know, the good Lord was looking after me. So, um, but we're, we're fighting right on through it. That's it, man. You're getting back into it and you didn't, uh, not letting it hinder you as much as, as much as some people might. And you're just doing what you got to do. That's right. um, So I guess if you through all that, what have you, or if you, there's a lot of racers that watch talking about safety equipment, what do you, what's your take on it, man? No such thing as enough. Um, I, I could I argue it till I'm blue in the face, man. It's uh, you just the bra. I think, and I'm not knocking the bracket guys or the grudge guys, but I see more lack of safety in the bracket world and in the grudge racing world than I do anywhere else. And I I I haven't quite. I, I guess maybe um, safety tech is not quite as rigorous at those places. Sure. Um. I, I don't know. And, but, you know, at the same time, when it comes to that, it's almost like you're putting a value on your life. You know, what is your life worth? Um, I fortunately had on a good suit. Um, I had on a, a 15 impact suit and it did its job. You know, I don't, my hands are burnt because I had five gloves on and that's my fault. Uh, my, my feet are burnt because I had five shoes on. That's my fault. My face is burnt because I had my shield up. That's my fault. Just an oversight, you know, got comfortable in the car shield was up, no face mat or no, uh, head sock, just an oversight. And, and I paid for it. You know, unfortunately I nearly paid the ultimate price, but, um, you know, there's just no such thing as enough. If you're in a, if you're in an alcohol fed, boosted combination if you don't have at least 15 on you've lost your mind you're stupid you know i mean dude it, it, it and anything for that matter if you're in a heads up combination if you've got a heads up car because there aren't there are hardly any heads up at least in our in the radio world that aren't running well into the four second range most of them are boosted big nitrous motors wayne hawkins my good buddy from north carolina that had the had the pro mod wreck nitrous car running bottom four o's and got burnt i'm talking about bad you know had five stuff on just i mean not that they didn't know any better just 
I'd never had to deal with anything like that. You know, nobody had ever really gotten hurt bad, you know, but, um, man, there's just no such thing as enough. I wear 20 everything, 20 boots. I wear five shoes, 20 over boots, a 20 suit, 20 gloves. Uh, got a big skirt on my helmet, uh, the thick shield, head sock. I mean, I wear 20 gloves. I wear it all. Um, you know, because every second, when it comes to a crash like that, when it comes to a big fire, every second matters. Um, my suit, my 15 suit was just enough. Um, it burnt through in a couple places, but I've got very small burns where I had on the right stuff. So fresh air, you need it. Um, you know, if Ziff Hudson had a, had a good, a good fire at, at Orlando, fresh air in his car, uh, said he never smelt, never smelt smoke, never tasted any, nothing until he unplugged his helmet and got out is when he smelled it. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's just, pretty crazy. There's just no such thing as enough. Um, the grudge guys, I think, are just that they're bizarre. I don't, I don't understand. I, I go to grudge events. I enjoy the grudge scene. Walk up in the water box, look over at somebody in a bottom four second car, no gloves on. Like, right. uh, a, I'm not going to mention any names. A dirt bike helmet. Oh. Bl- blue jeans. Jeez. Tennis shoes and a paper thin jacket. Like, I know they think, well, I can get out. Well, what if you? What if you're knocked out? What if you're? Sure. What if the driver's side of your car is pinned up against the wall? What are you going to do? It's up to whoever can get to you first. Well, if you know, and I think there's a, a lot of tracks have taken the initiative and, and upgraded their safety program. But what if they don't have the right stuff? What if all they've got is a couple of fire extinguishers that two guys are running at you with? You know, I mean, yeah. if you're if if they're at the starting line or at the finish line or in the shutdown and you wreck it three quarters to half track, somebody's got to run the three hundred and some feet. Sure. <laughs> I mean, so when it comes to that stuff, um, I just I, I just I wish that I wish that some people would take a look at the video that uh, Jimmy Biggs and and RJS did with me, um, and. And just take it serious, man. It's 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 not it's not that hard to you know. You, you spend all this money on go fast parts, lightweight stuff, um, but you, you you know you skimp out and go cheap on your safety equipment. And if you you know, and some people say that stuff's too expensive. Whatever. It, I'm how do, if you can afford to race, you can afford good safety equipment. Period. Period. And I went to a uh, a seminar at PRI with Stan Twenty One, and there was a guy there. They were talk. They were more focusing on concussions, which is a whole other bag of worms we can open. But um, there was a guy there that asked, "Well, why is it so expensive?" You know, well, I mean, it's probably not cheap. I don't know how expensive it is to make a a suit, but I know it's not cheap. Helmets are carbon, but you know, and somebody else in there, you know, turned and not being you know, mean or anything, but it's like, well, where do you, how much, where do you value your life? How much is your life worth? You know, and that, and that shuts that argument right down. If you can afford to participate in this sport, you can afford good safety equipment, period. And there's no exception to that rule. Absolutely, man. That's what, uh, 
it's crazy that you see that and then the no prep and the lack of some of the tech I've seen at some of those deals. And it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, you definitely got to be out looking for yourself. Right. Um, and I mean, you, you were, you had on good stuff. Right. Uh, and it's crazy. Like I was looking at some of the pictures today and I read the little story and it's, people see the picture of your helmet. That's just incredible. Like, I, I guess on what one of, uh, in the article I read, it said, literally the belt and it shows the picture right where the belt melted off yes yeah they uh so i um during the crash in the crash uh the fire immediately came into the cockpit of the car um and i was off of the brakes you know not touching the steering wheel so um you know it the dog, the, the car was kind of out of control. Um, so it hit the nose into the left wall. Um, and when it did that, uh, I was, you know, it exploded the fuel cell fire got hotter. Um, but when it came to, when it rolled to a stop, I, uh, you know, you racers know you take your, take your belts off, um, undo your window net Hans device. If you, you know, if you, can or radio steering wheel off you know man i didn't do any of that you know and which i still you know have my my beliefs on who was with me you know and sure. i had I had somebody there but uh i didn't do any of that it melted it melted the belts off at the adjusters um everywhere which it, you know i mean you think about that like i mean that was a pretty concentrated fire to do that um i didn't undo anything i just I raked across the door jam, which is where the handle was. Door came open, and I flopped out. Um, Barry Mitchell had hopped the wall, ran to the driver's side. It was, you know, the fire was coming out of the door. Ran back to the passenger side, and as he ran to the passenger side, I came around the back of the car. Um, he was there and, you know, and, and, and laid me down, and they started taking care of me. But, yeah, I mean, it did. It melted, melted all the belts off of me, which is just, man, you know. Lucky, you know, I mean, they lasted sure. just long enough. Um, they held, right. held me, held me in good for the crash. Um, and then, and then came off of me when it mattered, which is, you know, I mean, you know, you really think about that and that's just bizarre, but yeah, that, that's insane. When I read that, man, I was like, wow, that is just, that's something else. But to know that you had the fire suit on that didn't burn you as bad where the belts were at, that just shows how close, like you're engulfed, you're in it. And then, right. But it worked as bad as it was it kind of worked out which is just insane but yeah man it uh pretty bad deal you know about about as bad as a about as bad as an in-car fire or a, you know a fully engulfed in-car fire can be i mean you know they, they just don't get really can't get much worse than that but um all the equipment chassis did its job um you know the 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 right safety equipment that I, you know, that I was wearing did its job. Um, you know, everything did its job. You know, if I just, just a couple oversights on, on my part that would have prevented, you know, the severe burns that I got. But, you know, I, I think that, uh, overall, you know, I, I hate that, I hate that, you know, my, not only myself, but my family, you know, uh, my loved ones and everything had to deal with what I went through, but at the sport as a whole, I think, you know, 
is, is a safer sport now. Um, you know, they talked about the, the people there that had, uh, that had head socks and, you know, and, and different safety equipment at that particular race sold out that night and the next day. Wow. But yeah, and that's good. I'm glad people took, you know, took it upon themselves to go do it. But that also shows how unsafe the sport was, you know, if, if that many people, you know, saw my fire and were like, Oh shit, you know, I better go upgrade my stuff. You know, that just goes to show how, and, and I'm glad that all those, you know, all those guys are much safer now. And, and, uh, I just got a, my new, uh, stand 21 suit came in the mail actually yesterday. Uh, I got a, a, a one piece deal, you know, there, uh, I went to their seminar and, you know, we got to talking about fires in the car and how a two piece has a gap and, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking any chances. Um, so I got a, a nice one piece from Stan 21, uh, really one off custom, just a really, all my sponsor logos and a really nice piece. Um, so now I'm teamed up with them and, and then I still use RJS stuff. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I think overall the sport, sport safer. Um, but there's still a lot of people out there that, that drag race and, you know, any form of racing that, that are not safe. And I just right. hope, I hope that if this, this message, this video one day, it, I just don't want to see anybody get hurt. You know, um, unfortunately, uh, the year after I think my crash, the grudge world lost, uh, uh, Bebe was his name. I can't remember his, his, his actual name, but down in, down in Georgia, um, car wreck knocked him out big fire he was in the same burn center i was and you know unfortunately god bless him he didn't make it um but that you know solidifies what i'm talking about when it says when i'm talking about the grudge guys um you know uh you walk up to justin swanstrom little country's car he's wearing everything there is you know jr gray you know there's scotty g there's a lot of them that wear what they're supposed to but there are, are also twice as many that don't you sure. know, and and well, I that's just what somebody mentioned like if this if this video if somebody gets this one one right. person gets this and they they change and they get safer it's all worth it absolutely right. I think we'll, yeah. we'll make a little bit more of an impact than that but uh, right that's yeah what, there's definitely not enough people talking safety no everybody mentions it everybody knows about it but not enough real talk around it I don't think no and you know I I think that. I think it's, it's one of those, it's never going to happen to me deals. Um, you know, I, you know, it, it happened to such and such or it happened to Lyle, but it's never going to happen to me. And that's the wrong mentality when it comes to that stuff. Cause I somewhat thought it myself. I'd never had a crash. I'd never, never crashed a race car. I better knock on something, but <laughs> sure. you know, um, and, but my first crash was the big one, you know, and right. You just don't never, you, you never know. And, and it can happen at any time. You know, I mean, I could have a big crash in my truck on the way to work in the morning, you know, but in the drag car, if it happened, if it happens, it's too late. You know, you, there's nothing you can do when it's happening. You know, you can think about what you should have done, but you just never know. And it can happen at any time. You know, don't say, if you're racing this weekend, I'll make it one more race on these frayed belts or i'll make it one more race on this old jacket don't do it stay home because 
not only do you have to endure the pain and, you know, suffering and whatever, but your family, man, it, it's, that is, I think about it all the time. Like the, what my family, what my mom, what my dad, what, you know, Melissa, what, what everybody had to go through while I laid in that hospital bed, you know, you don't want to do that to them. I mean, that is, you know, it gotta be one of the worst feelings that I could ever imagine. And I don't want to imagine it, but man, you know, you just think about who you're going home to. Um, you know, there's your wives, those of you who have children, you know, this is a, you can be really safe. You know, you can be safer in that race car than you are in your own car driving down the interstate, but that's up to you. You know, you, you've got to take it upon yourself to spend the money in the right places, get the right stuff and take care of yourself. You know, and I am now, you know, I'm, I'm as safe as, as I can jump in a top alcohol funny car right now. You know, I'm as, as safe as I need, as I, as I can be. So I just hope that, you know, there's somebody out there who, who hears it and, and, you know, does what they need to, you know, does the things that they need to do to make themselves safer inside their race car. So if there's anybody listening to this that knows of somebody that needs to hear this, or you got a group of racer friends, make sure you share this, tag some people. Uh, let's get the message out there. I know it's out there, but, uh, if we can reach five more people, then man, it's worth it. And I appreciate you going into it with me and talking about all of it. Cause it, oh, it yeah, is man. huge. Yeah, man. No problem. Um, before we get off here, I want to, I've got several, I need to thank, um, Jason Digby Please. first, Jason Digby first and foremost, man, it's, uh, just an honor. You know, it's, it's cool that somebody who do doesn't drive their car just owns it, pays for it, you know, like he just gives, you know, he just handed me this opportunity, you know, and I, I can't thank him, uh, his wife, Suzanne, his mom and dad, uh, pop and Kathy, uh, mag, Matt Gall, Michael, uh, you know, big time on the chassis stuff. Um, all the guys from Fulton, my dad, you know, could not participate in the sport of drag racing without my dad, man. It's, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Dad and I share a, a passion together and, you know, and, and we've done pretty damn good. Uh, my mom for not, uh, not handcuffing me to the, to their, to the railing at the house, you know, <laughs> Let me get out here and do it. Um, my family, you know, uh, Melissa, my girlfriend here, um, you know, we've been through a lot and, uh, they've, they've stood right by me, supported my decision to get back in the sport. Um, you know, Pete Harrell, he, uh, he deals with a, a lot of, a lot of shit from me. You know, I, I give him a hard time and, um, but he's one of the best out there. I think he's, I think he's the best, if if one of the best, turbo and, and EFI tuners out there. Damn good engine builder. One of the best turbo and and in, engine builders. Um, Eric Yost, customs by Big and both out of him and Pete out of Mooresville. Hell of a hell of a chassis guy. You know, uh, a big part of of our team and uh, goes to the track with us. And you know, he uh, never never bitches or moans about anything, never holds his hand out for money. You know, he just, just, just a fun guy to have around, uh, and, and damn good help. Um, Charles Brayboy, big part of my program, a guy that comes and helps us race Mark Rogers, ultra street car, and then helps me. Uh, but new sponsors this year, we've got Doug cook, uh, motion race works, um, came on board with us this year. 
big time, man. They're uh, an awesome group of guys. Spent a lot of time with them in Georgia. Uh, had a great time. Um, we've got Holly EFI on board, big help. Uh, Greg Slack, torque converters, uh, torque converter design specialist. There it is. Um, Dave Clapp, uh, performance transmission and um, dykes and strippers wiring. Um, Jeff Brandenburg, uh, big time. Shannon Davis, uh, Davis Traction Controls. Uh, Sebastian with AMS 2000. Uh, we've got Precision helping us out. Um, they're a big help. MacFab Beadlocks, uh, big time. Mickey Thompson. Ooh, VP Racing Fuels, um, Wicked Graphics. Um, we've got Jack French, like I said, Bill Adamizer came on board this year. Uh, you know, huge help. Pack Racing Springs is new this year. Uh, they're on board. I'm trying to go over the back of the car right now and make sure I don't <laughs> piss somebody off and miss them. Uh, let me think. We well, can think about it, man. We got, I mean, I'm in no hurry. We got a couple questions that came in about the dark too is, uh, like, can you go over some of the suspension on it, or you just kind of want to go over the whole, yeah, the whole uh, two, two, two deal? There's another good one. Mark Mentzer, uh, big time. You know, he's uh, – I call him at any time. Go get him at the track and drag him over there and make him crawl under the car. Uh, he's done, you know, a, a number. Um, it's a, a true leaf spring, split monoleaf, Smith Racecraft, uh, Assassin Bars. Um a true leaf spring deal. Mark Mentzer, the, the, the leaf spring shocks. Um, they've, uh, they're a big part of a big part of our program. You know, that's a, I think that's a little bit of a hidden secret when it comes to the, to the leaf spring world. Um, you know, your shock program's got to be there, man. You gotta, and I think, you know, if you're going, if you're going to go the leaf spring route, um, Mark Mentzer and John Mellon, the guys there at, at Mentzer Motorsports is who I would call. Um, they, uh, they've done a hell of a job with us and are always looking, looking at us to, for, uh, you know, some R and D and any, any changes they can make, which is, you know, which is cool to have that kind of support. Um, but it's, it's, it's a pretty simple deal. You know, it's Eric Yost at customs by big and did all of the, all of the fab work on it. Um, and got us set up and, um, you know the suspensions is pretty pretty simple. Uh, you know we can't can't give away any of my measurements or tricks here because sure, trying sure. to try, trying to stay ahead of this leaf spring game. But uh, <laughs> nah, they're uh, all all good guys. You know they're just a a lot of help from from a lot of different people, and um, it's made this made this deal fun. Uh, I hope we hope we represent them well, and I try to try to get them all out there. Absolutely, man. You guys go rounds no matter what you're out doing. You're, it's pretty crazy. What What's the engine combo in the two trucker? Uh, it's a 547 inch uh, Pete Harrell at a HED built big block Mopar, um, a true Mopar indie block Predator heads, um, and then we've obviously got the Precision 118 uh, feeding at the boost. Um, it's a uh, just a single turbo. Uh, big block Mopar, man. It's uh, it's pretty pretty unique, you know, which is cool from coming, you know, that you. Yeah. I, I never knew the Mopar. The Mopar following is huge, huge. You know, there's oh. like there are diehard Mopar guys out there, which is cool. I mean, I'm, you know, that that's sure. that's awesome. But uh, you know, they come by and like, man, this thing's really Mopar, you know, and and it is, you know, it's a 
that's another cool and unique thing about Jason, you know, is he's a, he's a Mopar guy through and through and um, has put together just a, a very unique, but a, a damn good combination. You know, it's, it works really well. Um, we've, uh, we've barely, we've made about just over half of the boost that that turbo will make. So, you know, if we can, once, once this thing really gets moving, uh, the LDR crowd is going to be in trouble, uh, with the, and, and our, our, our no dash ride here. Sure. No, man, the car, the car works. You guys, you guys are killing it. It's, it's a crazy cool car to watch too. It just something different, I guess, like you said, it just stands out and it's, it's neat. Yeah, it's, I like that, you know, being able to be a part of, and then, you know, the honor of driving something that unique is, is pretty cool. You know I mean? You don't, there aren't many darts. Um, there aren't many Mopar powered anything, but there definitely are very few, if any more Mopar powered darts, you know, that are, are running in the, in, in the radio deal. So it's pretty cool. And to still be on Leaf Springs, hold the world record, um, and you know, we're just going to keep lowering, you know, we've got, now we've got some untapped potential. We were running out of injector and like I said, Jack hooked us up. So, yeah. um, we're going to keep lowering that leaf spring record. Um, a couple of new, new combinations out there, leaf spring cars being built, but we ain't worried. <laughs> just got it. That just gives you more time to keep working on what you got going on. That's all. That's right. That's right. Is there anything else, man? I mean, I'm in no hurry. Whatever you want to talk about, anybody, anything, it doesn't, anything else you want anybody to hear about? Nah, man, I just, you know, I hope that, hope the safety message hit home to, to a couple. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I did, I, I don't think you can, just don't think you can stress it enough. Um, it's, uh, so easily overlooked, but can be, you know, just an awful deal. Um, so, I hope that that hit home and just definitely want to thank um, all my sponsors, all the, all the people that help us do what we do. Couldn't do it without you. You know, it's uh it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. Um, and I know that, that it's a, you know, it can be a financial burden to, to many. And I try to, I try to stay easy, as easy on Mr. Digby's wallet as I can. But, uh, it's uh, it's you know, I, we have a lot of fun, man. I, like I said, I've a, I think we've assembled one of the best teams out there. Um, just so much know-how in our camp. You know, a, a lot of a lot of drive to be good and be successful. And uh, I, I'm really excited to see where we can go with this thing. Um, I hope the hope the LDR, I hope it, the LDR deal sticks around. I hope um, I, it's a really cool class. A lot of stock appearing rides out there. Um, so I hope that, hope that can stick around cause we've got a really competitive car. Um, I've got a, my own car coming out later this year. We've got dad and I built a, a 67 Camaro, uh, going to do a roots blown Hemi deal. Uh, oh, wow. really just a transplant right out of the shadow. Um, Stevie Jackson's car. We, uh, I've been good friends with Stevie for many years and, got hooked up with him on this deal and he's going, we're going to go after the pro 275 deal. And, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wheel both cars. Didn't really know how that would work out, you know, and, uh, but no way I can give up this, this hot seat and this dart. So sure. Go try to wheel the deal on, on on both ends. That'll be interesting. We're going to focus on the no time deal. Uh, here around home and uh, you know the not the, the darts plenty fast and 
but we really have to lean hard on that thing to run up front around here. And I want to chase the LDR championship this year and from here on out. And, you know, we're trying not to just beat uh, Jason's equipment to death. So I'm going to get my car put together with the Roots Blown deal, chase this no time stuff around here, and then run the Pro 275, you know, the few races that there are for those guys uh, around there. You know, Josh Kluger's consistently in the 390s now, and there's a couple knocking on the door. So it's going to take a pretty fast hot rod. Um, to keep up with those guys and so going to try to wheel the deal on on several cars this year i've got i think i've got four or five to drive this year so um gonna try to try to get it all done man i guess with that and everything else um that's probably a good good point to bring the whole drag illustrated 30 under 30 or part of that and right yeah yeah because you're out there doing it man yeah what an honor you know uh i cannot thank west buck um jt all the guys at Drag Illustrated, man, you know, just what a cool deal to such an elite group, you know, that to be nominated and then honored as one of the, one of the, you know, the, I guess the best 30 or the 30 under 30 uh, in the first, you know, that's, this was, this was the third, I think this was their third, uh, their third class, right? Yeah. Something like that. So to be in the top, you know, to be the, one of the first 100, just an honor, man. I, I was, you know, super pumped about that deal. Tyler Crossnow. Uh, held it from me for weeks on the end and then uh, was, was able to, well, was the first one to tell me at, at PRI. So just a, a real honor, man. I, that's, that's just such a cool deal. I've got the plaques and stuff in the house and just, just very proud to, to be a part of that. Um, you know, it, a lot of hard work and, and dedication and, and some drive went into, went into that deal and uh, just, you know, very on, on, an honor to be a part of that. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate you so much for jumping on here. If there's anything I can ever do or you got anything else you want to talk about ever, you let me know and we'll get on this thing. And Cool deal. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, Wes and I at West Buck and I had talked about it some, but I think uh, an occasional every other month or so is the uh, a good down-home beating on safety is a, is not a bad idea. So anytime we want to we wanna do that, I'm down, dude, anytime. Cool, man. I appreciate it. We'll We'll do it. No, absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, uh, it was good talking to you. I appreciate you having me on and talk to you soon. Good talking to you. Thank you, man. Have a good night. See you. Bye.